Hey there, y'all. It's Joe from the House Show Podcast with Four Corners for Monday Night Raw, February 11th, 2019. The short version here is that this was supposed to be the go-home for Elimination Chamber on Sunday, which was very much buried as most of the time was spent on other things entirely. Some quick, this happened, news. Ruby Riot beat Nikki Cross as her warm-up before her loss to Ronda Rousey on Sunday. Elias has moved on from hitting Jeff Jarrett with guitars to hitting Kalisto with guitars. And Sasha and Bailey will have to start the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles because of their loss to the Samoan Slaughterhouse team of Nia Jax and Tamina. In the more interesting story news... Corner number one, the Revival have finally become your tag team champions for Raw in a truly stellar match with Chad Gable and Bobby Roode that was so spectacular, so jam-packed with great spots and probably the most diverse moveset of any main roster match in a long, long time that it even won over one of the most quiet Raw crowds in recent memory. It has been a long road, and the WWE Universe have been solidly behind the top guys getting the gold for a while. It is highly suspicious to me that they would achieve this long-burning goal on a go-home show before a pay-per-view. Not to mention that the victory came before the finale of the show, which we'll talk about in a minute. One can't help but wonder what crap fest might be in store for Dash and Dawson, with so few legit teams on the Raw roster, it's hard to see the road ahead, but as of right now, as I'm recording this, the road starts with being left off the card for Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Let's hope that changes before the pay-per-view. Corner number two. The second hour of Raw was a marathon of interconnected matches, storylines, interruptions, false endings, overturned calls, and a hastily assembled six-man tag match that all included some combination of Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, IC champ Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush, Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman. It was a total mess of a story in that, in the long run, it really only has forward momentum for Finn Balor, who frankly needs some kind of momentum after his failed Universal Championship Challenge last month. All of the other guys are really in treadmill mode. It looks like movement, but it's not going anywhere. Immediate results has Balor facing Lashley and Rush in a handicap match for the IC title on Sunday, while Strowman will take on and likely pummel Baron Corbin. Nothing is currently announced for McIntyre or Kurt Angle, but somehow I have the sinking feeling that all of this will all still be around through WrestleMania. It's not going anywhere soon. Corner number three. Seth Rollins is limited in activity for a few weeks with a back injury, but like a good locker room leader, he was still present to put forward his upcoming challenge to Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at WrestleMania. After a fruitless tease of an appearance of the champ by Paul Heyman, Dean Ambrose came down to the ring face-to-face -face with Rollins. A lot of history there. Word on the street, and by street I mean internet, is that Dean is supposed to... Uh, spin a long yarn here that would culminate in a reluctant encouragement for Seth to, quote, slay the beast. Instead, all we got was the tagline, and Dean sat down at ringside to await his match with EC3, which he ended up winning with a roll-up, evening their series at one apiece. The internet, including WWE.com, believes that Dean is waiting out his contract and will depart the company in April. And I'm going to tell you, people, I'm not buying it. 
Dean has always been at his best when he is a rogue element, and this is as rogue as you can get, tweening back and forth and generally being entertaining in the most unexpected ways, from his moment of bliss interruption, putting over EC3 in his debut match, and here a showcase interruption of the Universal title setup. If he was departing, they wouldn't bother putting him in such great spots. I don't know how this ends, but in my heart, I feel like Dean is working on a meta-level story that would start to look more like a CM Punk kayfabe-breaking takedown of Vince McMahon. So we'll see how this all plays out in the weeks to come. I just feel like there's something bigger happening. Corner number four. All right, we're here now. This is the big news. This is why the internet exploded overnight. So Becky defied Stephanie's request to visit doctors, then they fought. This was last week. Triple H invited her back to Raw to apologize and gave her the full three hours to do it. And we got about 15 different interruptions of matches to watch Becky be approached by almost everyone backstage and advise her to apologize. It doesn't take a genius to see that this scenario is very close to Stone Cold Steve Austin from the Attitude Era. We get back to the ring at the close, and she... apologized. You know, half-heartedly, for sure, but she said it. And Triple H and Steph... Well, they immediately accepted it and reinstated her for the title shot against Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. It took three hours for this. So then out comes Rousey, who didn't get a single word in, thankfully, before here comes Vince McMahon, who rejects Becky's apology, suspends her for 60 days, which would include WrestleMania, and immediately announces her replacement for the title match, Charlotte Flair and even endorses Flair, telling Ronda she should get used to Charlotte's hand being raised. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. Someone strapped a rocket to the Daniel Bryaning of Becky Lynch here. So two months out from Mania, she's been suspended, her biggest rival has replaced her in the biggest match of her career, and will now have to climb out of this hole in order to reach her Mania moment, which will still almost assuredly happen. The internet has exploded, Fans are threatening to drop the WWE Network. The man's fans are in an uproar, and Vince is sitting back just printing his own money. This will quite obviously be the final match at Mania, the true main event. It will either be a triple threat, or somehow Becky will have to pull a double header like Daniel Bryan did a few years ago, beating Charlotte earlier in the night to regain her spot with Ronda. Either way, expect for the majority of this buildup to be between Charlotte and Becky as Ronda. Ronda is so pitifully outmatched in promo work against Becky that the match would probably lose its main event slot if it were all up to her. If WWE are smart, she'll just be squashing people with little to no promos for the next eight weeks. Sit down, Ronnie. Charlotte and Becky got this. There you have it. That's my Four Corners for Raw this week. Check back for Four Corners on SmackDown Live, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK later on this week. And watch for a live tweet and podcast on Elimination Chamber after the show this Sunday. Give us a shout if you like what you hear on the House Show podcast. You can hit us up with any questions or feedback you've got. Catch me on Twitter at House Show underscore Joe. Check out the House Show podcast channel on the Discord app for more conversation. And look for the House Show podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Anchor.fm. We will see you soon.